Hello and welcome to a very, very late night edition of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am, of course, your host, Hunter Hodes. Follow me on tw- on Twitter, at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show on Twitter, at LO underscore Penguins. And apologize for not having an episode up last night. I had a couple of busy things to deal with for school since finals are starting this week. Uh, thank God I only have one semester left after this. It's always a stressful time um, with exams and all that. But, of course, the Penguins had a game last night. Um, I think that was probably one of their, overall, one of their worst performances of the season. Um, it's probably not as bad as the Buffalo game, but there was not a lot that went right in the game. But what did go right, I think, just a couple minutes into the game, was basically almost a 3 on 0 And Jake Gensel gets his seven, This was his 17th goal of the season from Brian Rust. Um, yeah, I think, you know, a lot of people have not noticed just how good of a season Jake Gensel is having. Um, he's playing, I think, at, um, uh, not at, at an MVP level, I would say, but it, it's getting close to it. And that's without his center in Sidney Rosby. But I mean, when you, it, it's almost not really much of a downgrade when you go to be playing with Evgeny Malkin, but, um, he's having a hell of a season of uh, Jake, just, just steal at, what is it? 6 million per year on his contract. That's looking like a massive steal right now. Um, but yeah, but, um, folks, yeah, that's basically the only, I think, good that came out of this game. Um, Tristan Jari, uh, had a couple, um, few goals. I, I didn't really, it, it, a lot of the goals that he gave up really weren't like bad goals to give up. The Penguins were just playing really porous defensively. Um, Chris Letang, um, I guess we'll get into that a little bit now. Um, he, he, obviously he did not have a good game. I mean, let's just get that out of the way now. Um. And, I mean, there's there's a lot of talk on Twitter about Chris Letang right now. Um, you know, I really think some of you guys really need to pump the brakes on this Chris Letang talk because, you know, he's going to have these games where, you know, he has a couple bad defensive lapses. He doesn't make the right plays. But you know what? You take the good with the bad. You take all the good that he has. Like there was a tweet today from Andrew Berkshire at that says this sweet shout out to Andrew Berkshire, by the way. Since the beginning of November, November 1st, with Crystal Tang on the ice, the Penguins are controlling 75% of the high danger chances, 62% of the shot attempts, 68% of the shots, and 68% of the slot passes. For those of you who are unfamiliar with high danger chances, those are like right in front of the net, 5, 10 feet away. You know, 62% of the shot attempts, obviously, shot attempts for both teams. The Penguins are controlling 62% of them when he's on the ice. And then overall, shots that get on net, 68% of the shots. I mean, like I said, you take all that good with a few games of bad where he's, like, not that good defensively. There's some people on Twitter, like that Penguins Chronicles account. It's got to be one of—I'm sorry, but that's got to be one of the worst accounts on this website. I do not understand— at all, why it's like he has this Chris Letang hate agenda, and he throws up the most useless stats or most useless information about Chris Letang I think I've ever seen. Shout out to all you guys on Penn Twitter who like actually go at that guy because it truly is funny seeing him come up with a bunch of random garbage. Um, like I said, he had a bad game. It happens. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. He's one of their best players on the team. He's easily the best defenseman on the team. You cannot say to me with a straight face that Brian Dumoulin is the best defenseman on the team. I know Brian Dumoulin is very good, but he does not bring nearly, and I mean nearly even close, to the offense that Crystal Tang brings. It's it's really just not even close at this point. Um I just, I've always wished that Brian Dumoulin could bring more offense to the table since he's so good defensively in his own zone and he's so good at moving the puck. But, like I said, you know, 
that's going to happen. But um, overall, I think the game last night, it was just a stinker. Um, you know, you're, you're going to have games where the team looks flat. The team looks like they, you know, drank maybe a little too much the night before. They were partying or something. That's basically what it looked like last night. And um, Rob Rossi of The Athletic what a really good piece today. It looks sounds like he um, heard Mario Lemieux and Sidney Crosby having a conversation in the press box, and Mario because apparently Mario Lemieux was back from his um, vacation, his house down in Florida, and he's like, "Yep, yeah, that's the way Montreal plays, boring hockey." And you know what? It, it, it looked it was it was a pretty boring game to watch. Not gonna lie, the Penguins they had a really good first period. They actually were generating. They got that goal. They were putting some pressure on Price, putting some good shots, but. Um, um, you know, the second period, and of course, comes it, they just the Penguins look like they fell asleep uh, that whole entire period. Um, and, and they just they were getting out attempted, they were getting out shot. The Penguins were not getting any attempts on Carey Price. Um, it's just it was it was a complete disaster of a period for the Penguins. That was honestly, I think, the worst period that the Penguins have played all season. Usually, they've been a really really good first second period team. And then, the, and of course, the Penguins, they were up one nothing for the first half of that, up until the first half of that period. Of course, the, the, the Canadian side on the power play, then they scored the other goal to make it 2-1, and then just with uh, less than a minute left in the period, that back-breaking goal, Shea Weber wraparound goal. I have no idea what everyone on the team was doing. They were just basically puck-watching Weber, and I think Jari, he could have played that a lot better, um, just... He went out too far out of his net, and then Weber just had an easy uh, wraparound attempt to get the goal to make it 3-1. Uh, I think if they didn't give up that goal, they could have had maybe a better a bit of a better chance in the third period to come back. But when they went down 3-1, um, it was basically over at that point. I know the Penguins have had a lot of crazy comebacks uh, over, these, over this season with you know, three goals, but it just the way they were playing that period, going into the third period, I didn't really think they could get their um, first period magic back against Montreal. And you know what? You know, like I said, you're going to have some of those games. It's an 82-game season. The Penguins have been playing really well, I think, lately. They had that three-game winning streak. You have Columbus coming to town uh, tomorrow night, or it'll be maybe tonight if you guys are listening to this tomorrow night. And then you have Los Angeles coming to town. So still, the schedule, it, it, it's lightened up. You're playing teams that are, you know, not playoff teams right now. And you have the Western Canada Bow Trip coming up, with, which is always a fun one with all those late-night games. Um, Edmonton is in the playoff picture. Calgary, Vancouver kind of, but eh. But still, the schedule's lightened up a bit, which is good. Uh, you can forget about this. That this is the game. You just you throw it in the trash. You know, you say, put your arms up. You say, you know what? We lost. It's whatever. And you know, you, you get right back to basically, um, you know, just get right back to work. You know, what I mean, there's really there's really not much else to say. Um, but like I said, uh, Penguins will be back in action tomorrow night against the Blue Jackets. They'll try to. Um, take the second of third meetings against the Jackets. Uh, we'll be talking about that game in a little bit uh, coming up in this podcast and how the Jackets have been doing. And, um, yeah, basically, you know, there's really not much else to say about this game. Um, it's just, you know, it's a sinker. It happens, folks. All right, so um, I think another topic maybe to come out of this game is potentially, you know, the goaltending situation. You know, Jari finally had a little bit of a hiccup, um, you know, but shout out to Tristan Jari, though. He did break the Penguins' all-time shutout record from uh, Tomas Bokun. And um, just a couple, couple quick words about Tomas Bokun. His career was sadly cut short due to the, a couple blood clots, but man, he was so fun to watch back in uh, 2013, 2012, 2013 when. He was he would he was kind of like the one B during the season, but then when he took over in the playoffs, man, was he good! Um, he just he was just absolutely outstanding. Um, he's always been one of my favorite goaltenders to watch. Even before coming to Pittsburgh, I was so happy um, when the Penguins signed him to 
come to come to Pittsburgh because they, they really needed it at the time, considering that Flurry was just um, a complete mess uh, from the, the postseason before. And then, of course, here he was a complete mess in the first part of the postseason there. But um, congratulations, Tristan Jari. I think it's now. I think it's about 177 minutes is the um, is the shutout streak. So, which is absolutely outstanding. But um, I'm just I'm really curious to see what the um, what the goaltending situation is going to be moving forward. I think on Thursday I think they may go back to Murray, considering I think th- this was maybe a little bit of a hiccup for Jari. This was I think his first full start this season, if I'm not mistaken. I can look this up um, right now on Hockey Reference, where he didn't have a over a 900 save percentage in his first um, in a start, which is. Uh, you know that's not been the norm for Jindrai. Like, and it, obviously, guys, it's such a it's such a very small sample size. Um, you know, this was yeah, this is his lowest one, eight eighty. Um, I mean, he came in relief in in the Vancouver game with seven fifty, but um, it wasn't out. Oh, oh no, um, so actually, my apologies. Um, so he had it was the November 29th. I'm sorry, against the Jackets, they gave up four goals. The Penguins also, that was a stinker of a game, so 862. So that was just his second full start this season that he was below 900. So, um, you know, there's not really been too much of them for Jari. Um, but, you know, it's also a very small sample size, so you're going to have some of those sprinkle in at times. But um, I, I think you may go back to Murray for this game. Um, um, I just, I, I just, I, I know Murray is Sullivan's guy. He always has been. Even, even when Flurry would have like the slightest hiccup in that 2017 run, and when Matt Murray became healthy, boom, right back to Matt Murray. And you know, whenever I think a goalie like Jari is gonna have a slight hiccup, I think Mike will go right back to Murray because that's been his guy for four for four seasons now. Ever since he's come in behind the bench, and you know, I think there's a very good shot that we do see Matt Murray tomorrow night against Columbus. Um, if not, then I think definitely potentially. Um, LA, the Kings are not very good. So that was one thing I wanted to say. Um, and that's also, these are two games where I think you can get him back to the way that he should be playing their home starts. Um, I'd have to check the splits to see how good he is at home compared to how good he is on the road. But, um, it's just, you know, he's coming off the win. I know they almost collapsed under him in the third period, but, um, I think if the team, I think if he gets back to it, if he start, if he plays, gets a start at home. I think everything will start to get back in order for him. I mean, I really do believe that, but, you know, I've been wrong many times. So um, apologies also for me um, saying startering and a bunch of that. Um, I don't know why I'm doing that right now. But um, let's get on to tonight's game, um, tomorrow night's game against Columbus. So the Jackets come into this game, folks, 12-14-4. Uh, uh, they've won. They did win their game, but they've lost six out of their last ten games. Um, they've only, but you know, they're still at the bottom of the trial division. I mean, they're only five points clear of the Devils, and the Devils have been putridly bad. They've lost six in a row. Um, but you know, it's not as bad as the Red Wings, who have lost twelve in a row. I think I saw a stat about the Red Wings. I think what is it? Four to five head coaches have been fired the last time the Red Wings won a game this season. Uh, <laughs> that is, that is, that's pathetic. Uh, but the Jackets. Um, they have not really been that good this season. Uh, their goal differential minus seventeen. Um, it's just, it's been. Um, a bit of a slippery slope for them. They did. They did though. Whoop the Capitals up down in uh, Washington on Monday uh, on December 9th, 5-2. But a lot before that though, they lost to the Panthers four one. Um, they, they they did lose to the Rangers. They lost to the Coyotes. Lost to the Islanders. So going into that game, they had actually lost. Um, actually, it was they. But after they beat the Penguins, they actually um, folks. 
they um they lost uh, four four games in a row. So the Penguins. So going into this game, they've still lost um, four of their last six games. So the Penguins and the Penguins always usually play the Jackets very very tough each season, especially at home. I don't think the Jackets have beaten the Penguins at PPG Paints Arena in nearly. Um, if I had to remember correctly, I think it's been almost three years since they've beaten the Penguins um, in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's it's been quite a while. I think the Penguins have a long home. Uh, stand streak, a uh, long point streak going up against them at home. The Penguins almost never lose against the Jackets at home. So, like I said, this will be the third of four meetings against the Jackets this season. Um, I think tomorrow, obviously, it'll be Corpusalo and Ed. They're not going to start that poor rookie that they started in at the beginning of the season that that just got lit up by the Penguins. The Penguins put a touchdown up on him uh, pretty 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 badly. Uh, it was it was pretty uh, funny to see how the penguin. He just had no answer. But um, Gorbachev will be a net. But you know you always have to watch out for a lot of the jacket star players. Uh, you know Cam Atkinson. I've always found him to be one of the most underrated players. Uh, not on, uh, just on you know, on his team because he is, but just around the league. He's always been one of those quiet 30, 35 goal scorers in the league. He's just he's awesome to watch. Um, you know, Seth Jones, Zach Wierenski, I think that's one of the more underrated top pairings in the league. I think it's one of the best top pairings um, in the league as well. Um, I also totally forgot that they uh, signed um, Gustav Nyquist to a contract over the season. I remember when he scored in that last game, I, I was like, wow, yeah, I totally forgot that they signed him. Uh, and I, just, that, I think that signing went a little bit... Um, under the radar uh, for a lot of teams. Uh, you know, Boone Jenner is still there. You know, he's always, you know, a bit of an annoying, you know, despite, you know, what some people think of his name. But, um, you know, he's always been of a menace, and especially in front of the net. Uh, you know, Josh Anderson, he's always been of a menace. You know, Oliver Brooks, right? Pierre-Luc Dubois, looks like, you know, he's he's having, I think he's doing fine this season. Uh, you know, they still have Wenberg. You know, they're still trying to figure out, I think, what more they have in him, considering he was just straight up awful um, last season. There was a lot of bad that uh, came with him. Uh, right, uh, Riley Nash is there, you know, Sonny Milano, Dean Kukuin, you know. Um, but, you know, uh, Corpus Allo in that last game, that when they beat the Penguins 5-2, he was 935, 31 uh, shots allowed, 29 saves. Uh, that was, I think that was also one of the Penguins' worst games of the season. And they actually tied after one period before the uh, the Penguins gave up three goals in the second period. To um, it's actually had uh, three goals. It was uh, Gustav Nyquist actually had a hat trick in that game. It was his first hat trick of the season. And then Nick Foligno had the other two goals um, for Columbus. But um, this is a game I think the Penguins can definitely win. The Jackets have just not been that good this season. I don't really expect them to make the playoffs. I don't really think anyone. Um, expects them to make the playoffs this season or expected them to go into the season considering they lost, you know, Duchesne, you know, they lost Panarin, you know, just a lot of their star talent. But um, you know, I, I also didn't expect them to be, like, insanely bad as well. I thought they would I thought that, you know, they would hang on a little bit like they are right now, but still, um, you know, they're only five points clear of the Devils for uh, last place in the um, in the Metropolitan Division. Uh, it's just, it's been bad for them. Uh, they're I mean, without with those four overtime losses, they're twelve and eighteen. Um, overall, in the Eastern Conference, they have this five for the second fewest points in the conference with the Ottawa Senators. Uh, when you have this, when you have as many points as you as the Ottawa Senators, I don't care if they play two more games than you. Um, that's, that's that's pretty bad, folks. Uh, that's that's pretty pretty bad. So um, this is definitely, like I said, very winnable game for the Penguins. This would be a great time to get it back on track. You know, win four or five before a really bad team in the LA Kings comes to town on um, Saturday. And the Kings have also been dreadful. They have the least amount of points in the West, 12 and 18 and 2 through uh, 
32 games. Uh, they've lost seven of 10 right now. They're minus 23 goal differential. Um, feel bad for Jonathan Quick being on a sinking ship. But um, yeah, I will be curious to watch the game tomorrow night, and we'll probably, like I said, I'll have an episode coming tomorrow night after the game. That's the plan since I'll be done with all my, um, I think I'll be done with all my exams. So for this last segment, um, and there's really not too much Penguins-related content to talk about right now. There was some 31 Thoughts stuff I guess I can go into a little bit. Elliot Freeman reported over the weekend on Hockey Night in Canada. The Penguins apparently have been shopping Alex Alchenyuk. Apparently, uh, Freeman said today that before Josh Haley wrote the article with Jim Rutherford's comments about Galchenyuk, they have been snooping around shopping Galchenyuk a little bit apparently. The Sabres have asked about him a lot. There was a rumors about Ottawa. Um, being asking about him, but apparently those were put to bed um, quite quick. Um, and then there's also some talk about Tristan Jari and Casey Dismith. They're not really sure what they're going to do with their three goalies, especially you know, with Amory's contract um, extension looming since he's an RFA after the season. But um, anyway, for this last segment, um, there's been a lot of wild stuff going around the league lately, um, especially with his Jim Montgomery firing um, of the Dallas Stars. Casey, some of you guys missed it. Um, just the other day, Jim Montgomery, the Dallas Stars head coach, after a very, very bad start to the season, he got it turned around. The Stars got back in the playoff picture. He was um, unexpectedly fired from the Stars. And, you know, this raised some eyebrows, like, whoa, is this another racism thing with Bill Peters? Is this another thing to come out, like, similar with Mike Babcock? Though Mike Babcock was fired for how the team was playing. It was later announced that, you know, he treated some players really, really poorly. Then Bill Peters came out with his the racist comments from a few seasons ago. He was let go. Um, a lot of, all the insiders, Pierre LeBron, Elliot Freeman, confirmed today in his, in his 31 thoughts. He said, no, guys, it's, it's not any of that. Apparently, uh, sources have told him it's a personal behavior issue that it was. Apparently, he said the person that he was told about it said to not really say anything about it because people think that stars want to keep it close to the vest. Apparently, Jim Neal didn't even announce it at the press conference yesterday. So, I mean, it sounds serious, but um, if I had to guess what it is, I think it's some sort of gambling incident. You know, maybe he was gambling on his team to win. Uh, apparently, Freeman, though, he did say today that um, there's like there's been some talk, apparently, that Montgomery... Um, it, like there's been talk that like he likes to like go like hard after the games, like party off the ice or something. Um, I don't really know about that, but I mean, who, who knows at this point? And there's just been a lot of unprecedented um firings. Uh, you know, just a lot of you know. I think this is overall. I think this is going to be good for the league. Um, going forward, you know, especially with the, you know to get these some of these coaches out that have had a lot of you know bad race, bad racist. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a lot of, you know, just a lot, it's just a bad look. You know, when like a coach is basically being racist towards players, saying a bunch of slurs to them, you know, like maybe like just, you know, being just, I mean, I guess just being assholes to them in, in a bad way. Like, I don't care if you know, you yell at a player, but you know, when you, you know, bring race into it and you're saying a bunch of crap just because like they're, they're black or whatever, you know, there's a, there's a problem. And, you know, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with, with, What's I mean? I hope that Jim Montgomery, like what happened with him, comes out. I mean, I, I think it eventually will. Someone I think is going to leak it um, eventually. You know, we're not going to be in the dark with this for forever. But um, yeah, that was just a really strange firing, personal behavior. Like I said, I think it's gambling. I mean, I, for a time I thought it was maybe going to be that I mean, would he have an affair with his wife? But would that uh, with someone's wife? Would that get you fired in, in 2019? I mean, it's just. You know, I don't think it's something that gets you fired, but I don't know. But would he go to a strip club or something? He would go to a, a, a some other club, kind of club. I, I don't know. 
I, I really don't know. But it's pretty serious that, you know, he was fired from the, um, the, the Stars. So um, Also, uh, Peter DeVore was fired tonight out of um, the San Jose Sharks. Um, apparently, it was brought to my attention. I also looked it up. The Sharks' even strike goaltending this season has been 878. Um, that's bad. That is very bad. The Mar Aaron jo Aaron. Martin Jones, Aaron Dell, just ugh, just complete garbage. Uh, and you know, they've had these guys for the past couple seasons, and they have not done anything about it. They just they bring them back, and they don't care. And it's like... Like if you, what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. That's what they did, and ultimately got to board fired out of San Jose. They've just been so up and down all season. Like they started out bad, then they had a winning streak, then they had another losing streak, then they had another winning streak, and now with this latest losing streak on this road trip, they decided to cut ties with Debor. Um, I really wouldn't be surprised if he potentially ends up back in New Jersey. Um, you know, Ray Shiro, uh, I think he could definitely go after him, like, considering, you know, DeVore, of course, was fired out of New Jersey a few seasons ago and was brought to San Jose. But um, I really don't think it's too unfair. I mean, I don't think it's fair that DeVore got fired. Um, I, I mean, I, I mean, I guess to make a change because you're bad goaltending, you just fire the coach, I think, at this point. But, you know, whatever. You know, but um, so that's it, I think, for this edition of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Um, like I said, I'm sorry for all these stutters and whatnot. I don't know why my brain has been acting up all night, but hope you guys liked this episode. Uh, we had to do something a little different with the Jim Montgomery firing and, you know, the uh, Peter DeBoer firing. And, but uh, let me you guys know what you think. Follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. And we'll be doing, like I said, um, a couple times in the early in the episode, we'll be doing another episode coming in uh, tomorrow night after the game against the Jackets to dissect the game, who stood out, what went wrong, what went right, and all that good stuff. And so, uh, this has been another edition of the Locked on Penguins podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll talk to you soon.